That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Hey folks, before we start the show, let's talk about our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash Show. The Bob Seska Show is almost entirely fueled by you, our Patreon subscribers, and we couldn't do four plus shows a week without your generous financial support. So if you dig what you hear today, please consider signing up for just $1 per month or $5 per month on our Patreon page. And depending on your pledge, you'll get all kinds of bonus content from me and my troop of co-hosts. Plus, it's actually the best place to contact me in person as we continue to post exclusive content like our post-mortem shows twice per week, as well as the Friday After Party podcast and commercial-free versions of this show. So get going. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, or just click the all-caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA, covering the whole wide world. Right on! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. You watch the Bill Cosby Show? I do too. I love Bill Cosby's show. I've been a, a big fan of Bill Cosby all my life. Never met the man before, but he called me up about a year ago and chastised me on the phone for being too dirty on stage. And it was real weird because I had never met him. And he just thought it was he should call me up because he was Bill and tell me that he did about what comedy is all about. And I sat and listened to this man chastise me. And when Bill Cosby chastises you, you forget you grown. You feel like one of the Cosby kids and shit. And I ran in the house all excited to talk to Bill and picked up the telephone and Bill got raw on me. I was like, like, hello, Mr. Cosby, and you hear, I would like to talk to you about some of the things that you do in your show. <laughs> you cannot say filth, flying filth, flying filth in front of people. And I said, I never said no filth, flying filth. He says, you know what I'm talking about. I can't use the type of language that you use, but you know what I mean when I say filth, flying, flying, flying filth. And I said, I never said no filth, flying filth. And I don't know what you're talking about. I'm offended that you call. Fuck you. <laughs> and that's when Bill got pissed. Said, that's what I'm talking about. You cannot say fuck. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. <laughs> By the way, that was one of the highlights of my career. Alex Jones calling me sick on his show. Plus, I successfully trolled Alex Jones into spending an entire segment on me. One of these days, we'll replay that audio. From our nation's capital, it is... 
Oh, shit. Where is this thing? From our nation's capital, it is... <laughs> well, do it, do it. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, July 8th, 2021, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. I just got back from vacation. Day 170 of the Biden-Harris administration, 488 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at the Bob Seska and on Twitter at Bob Seska underscore go. And here come the goth ninjas. Yeah. It is Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, from-the-bunker.com, also patreon.com slash from the bunker and sexyliberal.com, along with all the other Sexy Liberal Podcast Network programs, all of your favorites on your podcasting superstation, and David Ferguson, we call him T-Rex, from the T-Rex Report podcast, and from Astral Summer, his latest music project, astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Oh, I'm so glad to be back with you, too. This is going to be great. Uh, lots of great stuff. <laughs> By great, I mean horrible and uh, some fun things, but mostly horrible. Uh, first of all. I just want to stipulate yeah. very quickly that when I was laughing a minute ago, when you were dropping the ball and couldn't get your words straight, that I was not laughing with you. I was laughing at you. I know you were. <laughs> well, do it live! Yeah, I uh, I forgot how to start the show. That was uh, part of the problem there. Yeah, thank you for noticing. Okay, so, uh, by the way, we played that Eddie Murphy clip. By Eddie Murphy being anti-Bill Cosby long before the rest of us were anti-Bill Cosby. So I just want to give credit where credit is due. But this is all to say that Cosby is now already being embraced by the Breitbart Red Hats. They've already started to uh, circle the wagons around Bill Cosby. I kind of predicted that Trump at some point would go, hey, you know that Bill Cosby was a victim of the radical left Democrats or the deep state or something like that. But I noticed a headline on, uh, on Breitbart, Goth Ninjas, says here, Bill Cosby says mainstream media are the insurrectionists who stormed the Capitol. What? <laughs> Jesus God, Bill yeah, Cosby. Well, the Breitbart's thinks- embracing Bill Cosby will be the first time they've ever touched an actual black person in their lives. So I mean, <laughs> I love Jody's response. <laughs> Her immediate response is the absolute appropriate response, which is what? <laughs> huh? What does that mean? So uh, I guess the big story of the last 24 hours or so, by the way, I, before I get into uh, the latest news here, we're going to talk about Trump suing big tech here in just a second, <laughs> but uh, had a wonderful conversation with Donna Halper yesterday. Uh, Donna Halper, of course, is a, a, you know, a media historian. She's a college professor. She, of course, discovered the band Rush, my favorite band, discovered them in the early 70s and played their music on uh, WMMS in Cleveland, and she's kind of, she's credited as being the woman who introduced Rush to the United States. And without her, that band probably wouldn't have been as big as it was. Maybe eventually they would have been discovered. But the bottom line is, it's so wonderful talking to Donna because I don't have to say anything. <laughs> it's just, it's, it just becomes the Donna Halper show, and it's wonderful. She has so many great insights into, we talked about the media, we talked about uh, Getty Lee's mom, who just died recently, uh, 95 years old, uh, Holocaust survivor. So lots of uh, interesting things and, and stories to tell along those lines. Plus, we talked about ice cream and soup. <laughs> Maybe more time spent on soup and ice cream than we should have. And but, what uh, is Donna Halper's favorite soup? Don, well, you know what? I never asked, but I did find out uh, when, when we no, because I, I was too preoccupied. No soup for you. Yeah. Well, she was talking about how you know when she would meet uh, famous rock and rollers, 
they'd all want to, you know, hang out with her and, and do drugs and all kinds of uh, illicit shit. And she would be like, no, I don't want to do any of that, but we, I want to get ice cream with you. And so she told a story about how she went and got ice cream with a member of ZZ Top. It was probably Billy. Uh, I assumed Billy. Yeah. I, I, there are many reasons that I assume it's Billy. <laughs> Why? Is, have you seen him just uh, devouring uh, pints and pints of ice cream? No, it's other things. I actually, I remember having to get them uh, Dove Bars. They were playing the <laughs> Universal Amphitheater. Oh! And Frank okay. calls me up and he says, hey, do you know where the nearest grocery store? They were staying up at Universal. And I said, what do you need? And he goes, Billy wants some Dove Bars. And I said, what, what kind of Dove Bars does he want? And so I went to the grocery store and picked him up and dropped him off at their room. <sighs> You know what they do with the Dove Bars is they attach them to their belts and then spin them around all at the same time. <laughs> Billy loves, there's a, there's a Mexican restaurant in, in uh, Burbank yeah. that he literally will drive in from Palm Springs to just get their salsa. Here's why you've got to listen to every single show that I release every week. Because without the knowledge of the Wednesday show and the conversation I had with Donna Helper about ZZ Top and ice cream yesterday, you right. won't entirely love the story that, that Jody just told. It's, it's great <laughs> in and of itself, but you need the context of the previous story. So that's why you need to listen to four shows a week every single damn week. Okay. And you can uh, do that by subscribing at patreon.com. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, so Trump is suing big tech and he's going to lose, uh -huh. but that doesn't matter from where I'm seeing this story. This is a big cynical cash grab is what's going on here. This is for publicity. This is to say, hey, look how tough and mighty we are. We're taking on those guys in the big tech thing because, you know, Republicans hate regulating private businesses. And to distract from the indictments. Well, yeah, that's the main thing. The, that's really what the, the goal is here. Uh, distract from the other indictments, uh, raise more money through the Save America PAC, which mostly goes to Donald Trump's pocket. And so that's the first big thing about this. The whole motivation is... There are, what, 74 million suckers out there, and Donald Trump has their names and addresses and knows how to contact every single one of them with fundraising uh, uh, solicitations and so on. So they're going to milk that for all it's worth. That's the point of this, to uh, disabuse all of these red hats from their pocketbooks. That's the whole idea uh, behind this. Plus, from a legal point of view, <laughs> you know, the first thing Donald Trump had to do when he first signed up for Twitter is to say, I agree to these terms of service. And one of the terms of service is, you can't be a danger to society on their platform. <laughs> you can't actively undermine the fate of the human race. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly fucking just right. just in the fine print there. Like, you know, yeah. Yes, yes. Please do not endanger the people around you. Please do not endanger your fellow citizens by using this platform because... That's the thing about all of these platforms, irrespective of how often we use them and how many things that we've posted on them, whether there are photos of our dinners or our thoughts on politics or whatever, these platforms belong to the big tech people. We're just borrowing their platforms. We have no ownership over, I mean, we have ownership over the intellectual property, the, the, the ideas that we're presenting, right. but we don't have ownership over the forum upon which those ideas are made public. And this is not anything, I'm not breaking news here. This is obvious to those of us who recognize what the world is and how industry works. I mean, we'll probably learn in this process too, because one of the things that 
that triggered this class action lawsuit is, oh my God, why is Facebook and Twitter being so mean to conservatives? Why are they targeting conservatives? Why, oh, why, oh, why? And in the course of this lawsuit, we're obviously going to find out through Facebook and Twitter and Google and all the rest of them that there have been just as many, if not more liberals who have been banned from these platforms as opposed to conservatives. I mean, I'm sure it's somewhere in the realm of equity between those two sides as far as who's getting banned and who's not. Ask Frank Conniff whether (laughs) conservatives are being targeted. Frank Conniff gets booted off of Facebook and Twitter on a regular basis. You can almost set your watch to it. One of our uh, uh, show friends, uh, Ed Feldman from The Furniture Guys, it's like he's mostly been kicked off. (laughs) Every once in a while, he'll pop back on and then he'll quickly get kicked off again. He is no red hat. Ed Feldman is far more liberal than any of the three of us, I can assure you, and that's saying a lot. Uh, So the thing with this, I'm sorry, but the thing with this lawsuit is he's suing multi-billionaires. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. So it's not like it's not like him saying to a contractor, "Go ahead, sue me," and then waiting it out until they finally mm. settle. These guys can wait him out. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of they the- can afford to keep him in. in I mean, it's going to cost him a fortune to sue. I granted it's quote class action lawsuit, so it's probably you know yeah. contingency whatever. But they can drag it out forever. Of course they can, and they're going to be inclined to settle with Donald mm-hmm. Trump. I mean, there is going to be a faction within their massive legal teams that says, hey, you know what? We just want to make this go away. So let's settle with this guy and get it over with. And no, that cannot fucking happen. They cannot settle with Donald Trump. I mean, the whole point of this is for Donald Trump to have this huge victory, to be able to say, I defeated the big tech guys and I defended you and your freedom of speech and your First Amendment, and I won. I I am always winning. And they would just be handing that over to them. And of course, we know... We know that a lot of these big tech guys are soulless automatons who don't give a shit about public perception. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg being the, you know, the god of all soulless automatons. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't give a shit about liberal, conservative, Republican, Democrat. Mark Zuckerberg, I said this on Fugle saying last night, but it bears repeating. Mark Zuckerberg is a sociopath with the world's largest ant farm in his bedroom. And he routinely goes up to that ant farm with a sinister, grinchy grin on his face and just shakes up the ant farm. And the sand and the ants go flying everywhere. And then he sets it down and he sits there and puts his head down on his fists and, and watches in delight as all the ants go fucking batshit inside that ant farm. And that's what Mark Zuckerberg does. And that's what Mark Zuckerberg cares about. It's his empire. It's his thing. It's his, it's his, it's his plaything. It's his toy. This is what Mark Zuckerberg loves to do. And so he doesn't care whether Donald Trump is angry at him or whether uh, Joe Biden is angry at him or liberal activists or whoever. He only cares about his platform, his ant farm. And uh, and the things that he can do with it without any ramifications. And that's the key. I mean, granted, he is concerned to an extent about government regulation. He doesn't want to be regulated like a public utility. But beyond that, he doesn't care about anything. He's soulless. He doesn't care. I mean, have they filed the briefs in court? I'm not sure what do they we know. Because, I, I mean, how many freaking people has Donald Trump said he's going to sue for talking true. bad about him and not follow? Very true. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, he gathered a bunch of people. Didn't you see the uh, press conference yesterday? He gathered a bunch of people who claimed to have been persecuted unfairly by the mm. social media big tech Bless giants. Yeah. <laughs> Donald Trump always needs his human shields standing behind him with his big fakey president-ish logo. Mm-hmm. His, uh, what the pre- he's got like a version of the presidential seal now. Or it, just, it doesn't say the office of the president. It just says the office of Donald Trump. <laughs> it's got a big dildo in ball release. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, good luck to, uh, to Trump and all of his co-litigants or whatever on this class action lawsuit. Um, the other thing is obviously discovery uh, and that process. And we're going to find out, but, you know, just about everything Donald Trump. It's all going to be compiled by probably the big tech companies, defense attorneys. They're going to compile the list of all the terrible things Donald Trump said on these platforms that would have gotten any other person on the planet banned before they could spit, immediately yanked off of the national stage if they had posted even half of what Donald Trump had posted over the years. And that doesn't even take into consideration the fact that he incited an insurrection, a a coup attempt against the Article I powers in this country. He also, uh, through his Twitter uh, and Facebook, he also exacerbated in a catastrophic way a, a global pandemic. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, sometimes the focus on the insurrection tends to obscure the fact that we spent much longer with this uh, pandemic than we should have spent because of Donald Trump's incompetence, his recklessness, and some of which of that recklessness occurred on social media, occurred on these platforms. And I can understand. They don't want to be associated with this. I mean, can you imagine? You imagine, oh, this thing, this platform I have created, this thing called Twitter, Which, by the way, going back to the founding of Twitter, it was kind of a unique idea. The way Twitter works is weird. I don't know how anyone conceived of the functionality of Twitter. That's a side note. But the fact of the matter is, if you create something like this, you create something that is hugely popular that everyone is using and it's your labor of love. It's the thing that's made you wealthy. It's your thing. It's going to be the first line in your obituary. You don't want Donald Trump or and a bunch of his 8chan QAnon weirdo red hats coming in and fucking it all up. I mean, we're seeing what's happening with, uh, you know, some of these unregulated platforms, these fly-by-night, again, cynical cash grabs by people like Dan Bongino and Mike Lindell. They create all these platforms. How many platforms do we have now, uh, quote-unquote, alternatives to Twitter that have been created by the Red Hats? We've had Gab. We've had Parler. I think Parler was the Dan Bongino one. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had Donald Trump's yeah, own little... the Mercer one. Yeah, there was uh, Donald Trump's microblog that he started there for a while and then gave up on. <laughs> And then uh, what else? There was Frank. There was Mike Lindell's Frank, Frank. platform. And Getter. Isn't that? And, and now there's the a new getter. one. There's Getter. That's the yeah. That's the brand new the one. New incredibly leaky information harvesting, which was hacked. Hackable. <laughs> yeah, I was. I went there the other day, and it was down because it had been hacked. And the other thing that we learned, and we talked about this on Tuesday. Those of you listening to the show know this already, but it's being inundated with anime porn. <laughs> Getter. Well, they left the source code up, up, right? Did they? I don't know. I think that's what happened when they first published. Idiots. The source code was available to the public, so that's how people were getting into hacking. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, I'm sure Donald Trump hired his kid, Barron, to, to write this. Because, you know, Barron's like an expert in computers. Was, we heard that for many, many years. But it was, I'm sure... That just was, means he can send an email. Yeah. As far as Donald Trump is concerned. You know, I mean, oh, yeah, he's great on the computers. I know, I know. Send me a, 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 what do you call it? A Gmail. Yeah, I mean, just... <laughs> yeah, so it's all kinds of buggy. And, and you know, again, these are mostly unregulated platforms and they're stuck between a rock and a hard place. They're stuck between a rock and a bunch of red hats uh, because they are all kinds of, you know, supportive of free speech, which is fine. But at the same time, you have to have rules and regulations. You just can't have a free for all. Otherwise you're eight Chan. And that's what's kind of happened. So if they, if they have <laughs> that's a free, Frank, wasn't it? It was like you can say whatever you want, is but don't take the Lord's name in vain. We'll kick <laughs> yeah. you off the platform. Right, right. So oh, this is free. <laughs> so, but I mean, they're really fucked. I mean, they're really in a, a trash compactor of their own design. Because on one hand, they are claiming to have this free speech or the series of now five different free speech platforms, which all have failed to some extent. But on the other hand, you have to have certain rules. And so if you have the free speech, then you get the hentai porn and shit like that, uh, <laughs> kitty porn, whatever else is getting posted on uh, those platforms. And then if you actually start booting some of those people off, then the Red Hats get pissy because now suddenly you're not the free speech platform you claim to be. So again, they're, they're screwed with their pants on because of these ridiculous, uh, tr trying to thread this ridiculous needle that Donald Trump and his, uh, his minion have established for himself. So I wanted to really get into here also uh, Donald Trump and John Kelly and Adolf Hitler. Mm. which uh, there's this new book by Michael Bender, uh, a Wall Street Journal uh, reporter, and he's got this information, this scoop, this big-time scoop that uh, Donald Trump told John Kelly that Hitler did a lot of good things. Right, Hitler? Nine, 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 nine. No, he didn't do a lot of good things. Even Hitler thinks <laughs> he didn't do a lot of That's when they tried to make him go to rehab. Yeah. So even Hitler uh, disagrees that he did a lot of good things. Uh, but yeah, so Trump said this to John Kelly. Michael Bender got this at some point. My question is, well, obviously, we got to set, set aside the main thing, the gigantic swastika elephant <laughs> in the room, which is, yes, Donald Trump's a fascist. We've established this on many occasions with the myriad examples. Donald Trump is absolutely a fascist. He's fascinated with Adolf Hitler. There have been stories about how he would keep Mein Kampf on his nightstand next to the bed for, you know, casual <laughs> pre-sleep reading. Uh, so we know all this shit. The thing that I can't get beyond is why John Kelly didn't say anything earlier. Why did, when Michael Bender got this scoop, why didn't he say this earlier? It was like with, uh, Bob Woodward last year mm -hmm. where Bob Woodward had all of this shit stacked up about COVID, what Donald Trump was saying behind the scenes about COVID early on. And he saved it until like, when did uh, Woodward's book come out? August? Oh, I yeah. can't remember. I guess it's all about publicity. I guess it's all about, you know, say, holding some things back so you have some sort of hook uh, to sell your publication, get it out there, get people talking about it, uh, spread word of mouth by saying, oh, yes, Trump said Hitler did a lot of good things. I guess I'll go check that book out. Uh, but on the other hand, what are the ethics 
of sitting on <laughs> stories like that. The 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 room where it happened. The worthless walrus-looking asshole, John. Help me out here. <laughs> the room Mr. Were- Neocon. He wrote his book, and everyone, you know, was like, "Where were you, dude?" Uh, he wouldn't testify before the house. Oh shit! He's got know. the mustache. Uh, uh, oh, John Bolton. Bolton. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Duh. Okay, thank you. All right, so yeah, John Bolton sat on a bunch of stuff too, right? <laughs> but I mean, he's John That's Bolton. That's what his obituary should say, by the way. <laughs> Just like, John who? <laughs> who? You know, with the mustache, the original neocon. Who? <laughs> Died today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, I get it with John Bolton. John Bolton has no soul. John Bolton doesn't give a shit. Uh, but when it comes to journalists, I just, I wonder sometimes... Why do you why do you wait? Why do you care? Why do you wait? Why do you wait so long? And that would be the uh, the question I would ask uh, Michael Bender if he were sitting right here. Like, I mean, how can you if you have something like that? How can you sit on it for so long? You at least get it out there in article form. Maybe you get that scoop, and then people, because of the fire hose of news, people forget about this shit, and then you can reveal it again later on, like a year later when your book drops, and people will be like, "Oh, did that happen? I forgot," and then you can sell your book. That's the, I think, the moral quandary with these things is what. But I uh, feel like this falls back on the whole like old boomer white guy reinforcement network. Yeah. Where they all just instinctively cover for each other. Yeah, sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because if John Kelly admits that the current sitting president is saying nice things about Hitler, he also reveals, I mean, this is the guy that hired me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, to an extent, I understand institutionalists. I understand the concept of, you know, steady as she goes. That makes sense to an extent, again. But here's the thing. If you're an institutionalist, your concern should also be to protect the institutions. Right. And in order to protect the institutions, sometimes you have to step out of bounds, out of the realm of normalcy. And by stepping out of the bounds of normalcy, I mean the White House chief of staff stepping up to a microphone and going, you know, Donald Trump (laughs) thinks that Hitler did a lot of good things. And Donald Trump thinks that our uh, military veterans are suckers and losers. And, you know, all the shit that we've heard after the fact that would have been useful back in September, October, into the election, uh, you know, as far as building up more votes against Donald Trump, creating a bigger mandate for Joe Biden. But, uh, you know, of course, that didn't happen. We find out about that shit too late. And that's the uh, that's the bloody shame. Actually, you know what? I take it back. The suckers and losers we heard about last August. So that, yeah, that was uh, something that we did get before the election. But you know the point. I mean, obviously, the point is, if you've got information like this, and it can be a, the most effective at that moment, you got to get it out there. And and you know what? Look, you get the extra advantage of being first with it. If you have the scoop, why not be first with the scoop? That adds an extra layer of specialness to to the scoop itself so again that's uh, absolutely baffling meanwhile along these lines a trump advisor told jim acosta this week that donald trump is a dictator and an arsonist who will always light the match again stuff that we already knew but coming from a, a donald trump white house insider uh, whose name we don't know yet i imagine it'll be out in a jim acosta book two three four years from now <laughs> But uh, and it's Ivanka. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Isn't that the thing? Isn't it what uh, a lot of people are talking about? Just sort of on the sly, you know. You kind of hear hints of it uh, on Twitter and so on. People, legitimate people, going, 
Yeah, Ivanka's the leaker. <laughs> Ivanka's the one who's been me. leaking this shit. Or it could be that um, Ivanka wants to be seen as the leaker so as to distance herself from yeah. her dad without actually leaking. So that could be. Well, the it's case. like Mary Trump told us. I mean, yeah. the guy is, I mean, Trump Sr. Um, is like, I mean, he is like, his whole life is predicated around denial yeah. and yeah. shifting blame and taking mm-hmm. credit. And like, I mean, it's just like the whole family is like this, you know, Game of Thrones, like people stabbing each other in the back, the front, the side. It yep. just. Um, yeah. And he really, it's just like a 10-year-old boy. Yeah. And, you know, when people are like, he's a fascist, I'm like, well, he he dabbles in fascism, but they didn't have any real political convictions because he's all about whatever is, oh yes. it's, you know, expedient to him. Yeah. Yeah, he's fascist by default. He's not fascist by intention necessarily. Or maybe he is. I mean, he's, you know, as we said, he's got Mein Kampf on his nightstand, apparently, uh, at least back in the day. So he at least has some sense. If he has enough sense to know who Hitler was, I can't imagine that he would be so clueless to not understand the seriousness of saying, oh, yeah, Hitler did a lot of good things. But I guess he is. I guess he is clueless enough to believe that saying that is okay. Like, it's, yeah, everybody believes that Hitler did some good things. I mean, he made the trains run on time. He was a vegetarian. <laughs> Loved his dogs. <laughs> yeah. Really likes chocolate. Ate a pound of chocolate a day, which I, you know, I understand. The radical left Dems should love Adolf Hitler because he was a veggie. He was a veggie guy. He was a vegetarian. Well, that was Jonah Goldberg's whole argument, remember? <laughs> was it, was it really? liberal fascists when he oh, was God. like, well, Hitler was a vegetarian who believed in animal rights and fascism. It's just like, shut up, Dobon. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they also believe that Hitler was a socialist, which is still one of the funniest things that I have ever heard the Red Hat say. Just shows a complete disregard. It's like as if they were to say, and this is always the thing that I bring up with regard to this, but uh, it's like saying, oh, yeah, you know, those hot dogs have real dogs in them because, you know, the word dogs. <laughs> it's like, no, <laughs> they really don't. really high off my pot roast last night. <laughs> new one that's perfect that is perfect pot roast does not have actual pot in it although i would like pot roast a lot more if it did okay um oh yeah you know what i want to talk about uh, after the break here in a second maggie haberman uh, on how trump thinks he'll be reinstated next month mm-hmm. plus we've got new information from uh, mike pillow along those lines you know hal sparks calls him mike pillow which still <laughs> cracks me up it's so perfect So uh, we're going to talk about all of that uh, and a lot more coming up here on the show. But meanwhile, there's so much going on in the world that can make it difficult for us to relax and decompress. Check your Twitter feed. There's an entire list of things on your Twitter feed that keeps us from relaxing and decompressing. I fortunately got to decompress just a little bit last week during my break, and it was partly because I had some Sunday Scaries on hand. CBD gummies called Sunday Scaries. Don't worry, they're not scary. They're actually really, really good. So if you're looking for a way to decompress, Sunday Scaries can help. Visit sundayscaries.com. Use the promo code SEXYLIBERAL, all one word, at checkout to get 25% off your order. That's 25% off at sundayscaries.com with the promo code SEXYLIBERAL. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA, by the way. These products are not intended to diagnose treat, cure, or prevent any disease, of course. These products are not for use by persons under the age of 18 years old, obviously. That's sundayscaries.com, promo code SEXYLIBERAL. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show.
When's the last time you picked up your phone just to call and say hello? Feels like we don't talk like we used to. I wish I could change the past, make up for lost time we never had. But you know me always stumbling back. Uh, why isn't this guy winning all the Grammys? Uh, this is uh, Logan Piercy, the great Logan Piercy. Brand new single called Gunstock. It's not a song about guns. It's uh, Gunstock is the name of a mountain. If you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. Can we just listen to this whole song? I kind of, I kind of want to listen to the whole thing, but I'm not going to do that. Voice all day. Oh my god, so great. Lovely. Yeah, Logan, LoganPiercy.com, link in the description at BobSuska.com, right under this episode of the show. Click on the uh, the avatar for this show. Click on the title of this show at BobSuska.com. Takes you to a description of what we talked about on the show, plus a link to all the uh, indie bands that we play on the show, including Logan Piercy. LoganPiercy.com, that's P-I-E-R-C-E-Y. .com, and also BobSuska.com slash music if you want to submit. Thank you for doing that. Okay. Getting back into things, uh, okay, so Maggie Haberman uh, got another kind of... Can we get the Hagerman sound, Haberman sound real quick? <laughs> there you go. Thank you, thank uh, you. <laughs> Proceed. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Uh, so Maggie Haberman uh, got a scoop on how Trump thinks he's going to be reinstated next month. He said, uh, uh, or Maggie Haberman said... He continues to believe there will be something that will undo Joe Biden's win in one of those states that made Joe Biden president, she said. That somehow this will either muddy up his victory or that it could end up going to the Supreme Court and then returning the victory to the former president, which is never going to fucking happen. I mean, I don't even think he would have Thomas and Alito on his side with that one. (laughs) I don't even think they would go along with that bullshit. I don't think. Well, remember, they turned down all of his lawsuits anyway. Yeah. Unanimously. So I don't. Uh, what? Of course. I'm and plus. Confused. Yeah. Plus, the audits are not turning up anything of right. significance whatsoever. There have been. Right. I mean, prior to these ridiculous scams that they're pulling in Arizona and elsewhere, uh, there were studies, there were uh, additional vote counts made, and they didn't find anything hanky well, about it, any of We that. can just refer to 2000 when yeah. the New York Times did an audit of the Florida election. It turned out that Al Gore actually won Florida, That's hence right. he won the presidency. Mm-hmm. He didn't get put in the office. No, no, of course not. By the way, Mike Lindell also has moved the date back <laughs> Mike to Pillow. Mike Pillow, yes, has now said August 13th is mm-hmm. the original day. Originally, it was what, mid-August, like August 15th, and then the word was it was going to be later in the year, but now he's moved it up by a few days to August 13th now. So I want to play this clip of Mike Lindell, but before we do, we have to uh, play the official Mike Lindell disclaimer before we... Uh, Michael James Lindell has purchased the airtime for yeah. the broadcast of this program <laughs> on One American News Network. Mr. Lindell is the sole author and executive producer yeah. of this program and is solely and exclusively responsible for its content. The topic of this broadcast is the 2020 election. OAN has undertaken its own reporting on this topic. Disclaimer. This program is not the product of OAN's reporting. The views, opinions, and claims expressed in this program by Mr. Lindell and other guests, presenters, producers, or advertisers... Are 
are theirs and theirs alone and are not adopted or endorsed by OEN or its owners. In particular, OEN does not adopt or endorse any statements or opinions in this program regarding this the real. entities or people, U.S. Dominion, Inc., and any related entities, Smartmatic USA Corp., Brian Kemp, Brad Raffensperger, or Gabriel Sterling. Further, the statements and claims expressed in this program are presented at this time as opinions only and are not intended to be taken or interpreted by the viewer as established facts. The results in the 2020 presidential election remain disputed and questioned by millions of Americans who are entitled to hear from all sides in order to help determine what may have happened. Okay. That was the actual disclaimer that ran on OAN. <laughs> and I had to speed it up because if I hadn't sped it up, we'd still be listening to it. That's how long and thorough they were with their disclaimer. And that's the OAN network, for God's sake. Here's Mike Lindell <laughs> talking about how August 13th is going to be the date that Donald Trump gets reinstated. This is batshit fucking crazy. By the time August oh. 3rd, the morning of August oh. 13th, it'll be the talk of the world. Talk of the world. Hurry up. Let's get this election pulled down. Let's write the right. Let's get these communists out, of, you know, that had taken over. That the, And you'll see. You'll when see. I say that, you know. You know, uh, and they'll say, well, what's going to no. happen to all the people that were involved? I don't know. Right now, the biggest concern is getting this. He said, by the way, Lindell still using a dial up modem, apparently. <laughs> is he like, like hanging on to the outside of an ear? <laughs> this? Like, sound, he sounds like the thing on the wing from the Twilight Zone movie, basically, at this point. Like, screaming in the window. <laughs> That's exactly what it sounds like. Oh, my God. God, well, it continues on here on the wing of an airplane. I should pull down. Donald Trump won. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Okay, and there were many down ticket senators, too, down. that they did, too, and stuff. You'll down. find all that out. You'll find all that out. And the thermite. Are you going to eat those peanuts? Let me in. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, oh, I man. called it on that guy so long ago. Mm -hmm. Like, Way back before he made any political endorsements or said anything out of the ordinary, I was watching those My Pillow commercials and they gave me the fucking creeps. Oh, Jesus. Like there's this one where the couple is waking up in the morning and he appears in their bathroom mirror. Do you remember that one? With his big creepy cross hanging out of his polo shirt. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, What are you doing in our mirror? And then they just talk to him like it's completely normal. I mean, somebody <laughs> I don't know shows up in my mirror in the morning, I'm calling my psychiatrist immediately and getting my doses just triggered. I mean, you know, like how many drugs do you have to do in some quantity to achieve that layer of dumb fuckery? <laughs> the, the Mike Lindell level of just addled nonsense. I mean, he, he was like a meth guy, wasn't he? Crack. Crack. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, he must like I mean according to his story, his crack dealer like wouldn't sell to him and ordered all the other crack dealers in the like the other like uh I guess kingpins <laughs> of the crack uh industry and not to sell to him until he had slept because he'd been up for Oh my days. god, Although, so I mean how often do crack dealers turn down customers because they're doing too much crack? I mean, that, that says a lot. Holy shit, you don't need any more illustration in terms of why Mike Lindell is the way he is than that story right there. God, that uh, makes so much sense. 
Uh, meanwhile, did you see? Well, here's another example of how fucked up Mike Lindell actually is. Did you guys see that stupid, stupid dry erase board that they created no. with Donald Trump yes. in the center of it? Oh, my God. Remember when um, uh, 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 Glenn Beck used to do his Fox yes. News Channel show and he had like a chalkboard and he would create all these crazy things. Basically, what you see in like conspiracy theory movies where like Matthew McConaughey has a, you know, one of those uh, uh, rental storage spaces and inside it's got the cork boards with the maps and the post-it right. notes and the yarn stretched between the push pins and so on. Newspaper it's, clippings from 1974. Yeah. I mean, this Pictures is... Pictures of airplane parts pinned to the wall. <laughs> I mean, this is just the, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. It's a dry erase board and it's got to be eight feet wide by six feet tall. And it's got a picture of Donald Trump in the middle of it, like a cutout head of Donald Trump. <laughs> and then it's got all these arrows. I mean, what must be thousands of arrows pointing from other little cutout heads and other names. Yeah, I could see Sean Spicer on there. I'm trying to see. I can't really. Oh, Greg Gutfeld is on there somehow. Sean Hannity, I see. Oh my God, Kevin Sorbo yes. is on there. Do you remember in Homeland when she like let herself go on the manic episode to try to figure out who the killer was? <laughs> and they found her, and she was in the middle of just this giant like collage of torn out, and she's just like, it's me. I'm the angel of death. <laughs> oh <my God>. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I totally see Mike Lindell going, it was me. I'm the angel yeah. of death. Like, oh, I'm this the is, angel of death. <laughs> this has got to be the result of some sort of manic episode. Oh, Lou Dobbs is on there too. I see Lou Dobbs' name. But they're all pointed at either another name or they're pointed directly at Donald Trump. So I don't know. I, I don't know what the, any of this means. I don't know why they would even think that an audience would recognize like because if you show this to an, a crowd of people, it's not big enough or clear enough to make any sense whatsoever. It just looks like a psychopath was in the room all night long doing all the cocaine and Adderall <laughs> and then just barfed this onto a whiteboard throughout that process. And so it's completely, like 80 monkeys with 80 crack pipes. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I mean, it really, like, it's manic. I mean, there's a teeny tiny letter. It's just, oh, my God. Right, right. People. Well, I wonder if they have to play the Mike Lindell disclaimer before he does any of these public appearances, too. Michael James Lindell. Has no, I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it again. Um, but Tucker Carlson, meanwhile, says he was trying to get an interview with Vladimir Putin, and that's why NSA was That's why he's spying. talking to Russian operatives. <laughs> yeah. So the big question with this is, is this a lie about Vladimir Putin? Is it an excuse or actually what he was trying to do, only his contacts might have been like NSA targets? Like his go-betweens were like a couple of, like Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman. Like, it was like those yeah. guys. Um, what is the period of time again that he's alleging he was surveilled? I do know that I don't think he was actually being surveilled. And if he was... No, he wasn't. He got caught up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he got hoovered up when they were surveilling the actual Whoever communications of a to, foreign yeah. operative yeah, yeah. who may or may not have been on U.S. soil. Okay, so Carlson told uh, 3 million viewers on Fox News Channel on June 28th that the day before he had heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn him that the NSA is monitoring his electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air, to take his uh, Tucker Carlson show off the air. 
if the NSA was uh, hoovering up, as you said, David, hoovering up his emails, it was only because he was communicating with overseas targets right. because the NSA's mandate is overseas foreign surveillance. It has nothing to do with domestic surveillance unless a U.S. person, we go back to our 2013 NSA information, if a U.S. person is communicating with a foreign target, then that U.S. person's communications also get hoovered up. But you can't look at those things unless no, there's- permission. Yeah. Yeah, you got to get a warrant from the FISA court. That's the mm-hmm. only way you can unseal those communi- the American side, the U.S. person side. They mask side. you, and then you can be unmasked if it's only for <laughs> intelligence gathering and understanding purposes. Otherwise, it's individual one U.S. citizen talked this way to X, Y, Z. Yeah, um, yeah. And only, only to understand the intelligence do they unmask the American citizen that is also caught up in that communication well Malcolm I think something much more well. damaging is about to come out about I him do too he's trying to get ahead of it yes I, I was god, oh my god David I was just about to fucking say that I was about to yeah. say that exact thing yep. this seems like preemptive damage control to me mm-hmm. this seems like okay I'm I Jesus Christ I stepped on a fucking hornet's nest here I'm communicating with all these suspicious Russians uh, whether it's intentionally or inadvertently and now I'm in trouble you know, so I'm gonna probably get out ahead about of this. Hunter Biden stuff because he was a willing conduit yep. to that mission information stream yeah and now that rudy is kind of out of the way out of the picture maybe tucker carlson has picked up on the trail of breadcrumbs that rudy was apparently on uh, you know whatever that might be if it's bullshit it's bullshit it's probably bullshit but it's very easy i mean russia is actively looking to compromise people that are you know influential in american politics i mean this has been going on for some time now and I get the sense that what Tucker Carlson is trying to do is present a alternative narrative for what is actually going on. So this way he can pursue this. Well, they're spying on me. They're attacking me. And all I wanted to do is get an interview with Vladimir Putin. I mean, what's so wrong with that? And so this is his alternative narrative. So when the actual information comes out, Fox News viewers which compose, you know, whatever percentage of the 74 million people that voted for Donald Trump, Fox News viewers in their little epistemic bubble will be able to go, oh, yeah, it's just NSA being dicks. They're uh, targeting Tucker Carlson because, you know, deep state and blah, 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 blah. And so you get half the country going, well, there's nothing to see here. It's not just that there's nothing to see here. The real villain in all of this is the NSA deep state slash whatever, you know, the, the comet ping pong pizza, et cetera. And that's the, uh, that seems like it's the whole point. So it's both an excuse and a lie and to an extent kind of what he was always trying to do with regard to the interview with Putin. So it's kind of all three of those options that I present. <laughs> God you know what it. I would love to see? Yeah. What the Russians got from the RNC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know that is just a smut pile. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and didn't they already hack the RNC back when they hacked the DNC in 2016? According to Malcolm Nance, he said that, um, <clears throat> his, uh, Stephanie talked to him about it this week, he said that that they were probed but not necessarily hacked. Ah, I see. Now, that's also coming from the RNC, so... Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, we know the DNC was hacked because they dumped it all. Right, right. Um, uh, so, I mean, I, I think they probably were also hacked, and they're just holding on to that information. So, Well, the latest true. news there uh, um, with regard to Russia and the RNC is that Russian hackers are accused of breaching a contractor 
for the RNC last week, around the same time that uh, Russian cyber criminals launched the single largest global ransomware attack on record. The attack occurred weeks after a U.S.-Russian summit, and I assume because Joe Biden said he would retaliate, Joe Biden's going to retaliate. And that's not a surprise, and that's very, very good. That's what he should be doing. Because for whatever it was, four years, uh, Vladimir Putin had just a free ticket to do whatever the hell he wanted in this country, and not anymore. Not anymore. So, you know, it's a good uh, question in terms of what they got, uh, but since it wasn't directly to the RNC, they may not have the juiciest material. They may just have, Mm. you know, enough to compromise certain characters who are part of this... uh, uh, contractor for the RNC, so it's it's kind of an indirect hack of the RNC, but it's close close enough, close enough, and we need to uh, figure out what that is. I'd love to have that information, wouldn't you? I know I would. Uh, I would just like to see some of the back and forth among members when you know people were it was starting to get out that Matt Gates was you know showing pictures of underage girls yeah. to fellow members of Congress on the House floor. Yeah. yeah. By the way, speaking of Matt Gates, I saw a thing going around today. Uh, you know, Tucker Carlson was calling for cameras in classrooms. Yeah. He no. wants to videotape teachers, and I know exactly why he wants to videotape teachers. He wants to videotape teachers so he has content to air on Fox News Channel from 8 to 9 in primetime every night. This is the extension. This is the new iteration. This is version 2.0 of all the shit that Jesse Waters used to do for Bill O'Reilly from 8 to 9, where Bill O'Reilly would send Jesse Waters, who's got the most punchable fucking face in the history of television. He really does. I saw a, a screenshot of him from a recent interview and I'm like man just getting more punchable isn't he yeah it's just like his eyes get squintier and it's uh, just he's got that grinchy smirk he's got like yeah just like seriously and then so Jesse Waters would go out on command uh, from Bill O'Reilly and accost uh, high school principals and uh, you know school board members and so on in their driveways and their parking lots and so on and these are not media trained people they don't they're not savvy when it comes to communicating ideas on cable news so they would get blindsided and in some cases you know it would uh, play right into the hands of bill o'reilly and jesse waters and so now this is an extension of that they want some sort of content and you better believe that that's going to happen because now you've got sympathizers with the red hat movement sympathizers with the trump movement and so on inside some of these organizations that would very easily it'd be very easy to to connect the dots in terms of people leaking you know clips of teachers saying this or that about not gonna get racism or classrooms the teachers union is never going to oh, oh of no. course not of course not but oh, this is no. this is the goal this is what they're seeking out they want to get you know video cameras in the classrooms in order to nab uh, teachers <laughs> because they don't have enough teachers. shit that they're trying to be in control of but these are the small government guys remember that yeah yeah i mean you remember know? this is this is how they have to operate now because they're unwilling to moderate their views to get a larger portion of the electorate. They believe that they can have their far right cake and eat it too. They're stuck with these ideas. They're stuck with the MAGA agenda now. And that only gets them a certain number of voters. So the only way they can continue to win elections is by 
rigging the game. I hate to use Donald Trump's term rigging in all this, but that's precisely what they're doing. That's the goal of these election laws, to make it harder for Democrats to vote, giving uh, Republicans, giving red hat Republicans a bigger foothold in winning elections. So that's where you get gerrymandering. That's where you get all, all the previous voter suppression laws and so on. And that's the entire goal. That's the purpose of everything that we've been observing. That's why they want to demonize teachers, because if they're you know, going after teachers, they're stirring up anger among the red hats. Oh, my God, look at these teachers teaching our kids about, you know, sex and or, you know, uh, whatever they're going to blow that up into. I mean, remember there was a fake news story, whatever it was, eight, nine, ten years ago about how a kindergarten teacher was teaching uh, how to use a strap on dildo to kindergartners. That was a story that actually got it was a fake story. <laughs> I know it got traction, but it's so much their pathetic projection and their fucked up. I I know. It just blows me away. I like, know. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a fake news story that got picked up by Alex Jones and there was national news. Everyone was talking about it for a period of time. Turned out it was a fake news story that they were just like, well, fuck it. I don't care if it's fake. We can use this. We can use this to scare the fucking piss out of all these gullible suckers. Suckers who would go on to vote for Donald Trump. Why? Because they're suckers. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. We've got to take one last break. We'll come back with more show right after these words. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska. Born in love and heresy, baptized by fire and gasoline. Learned from song the right and wrong, only thing that kept me living. The forbidden sting means hell to pay. Repent not. Oh, yeah, Divided Heaven right here. The Filthy 15 is the name of the brand-new single here. DividedHeaven.Bandcamp.com. Love these guys. Yeah, that's what we need. We need some serious, serious rock and roll music these days. And these guys are providing it. Di- Divided Heaven, uh, what did I already say? DividedHeaven.Bandcamp.com is the uh, website address. Link in the description. Yeah. By the way, Bubble Genius is coming back at some point. I continue to advertise for Bubble Genius, so they've been down for a while. You can't buy soap at their website at bubblegenius.com these days, but there's a uh, splash page that's uh, uh, alerting everybody to the fact that uh, they will be coming back, and I think you can get on a newsletter or something like that to uh, be the first to know when Bubble Genius returns. So don't worry, Bubble Genius will be back. Okay. Getting back into things here, let's talk about uh, COVID and the Delta variant. 
Uh, we were kind of discussing this a little bit before the show. I, I want to give credit where credit is due because I, I wrote about this uh, in uh, the banter for this week, the banter uh, newsletter, thebanter.substack.com. And uh, the thing that I started it off with was the fact that, David, you, back in uh, early February of last year, 2020, uh, you were telling me before the show, hey, hey, Bob, we need to start talking about this coronavirus thing. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Is it, is it a thing? Is it a thing yet? Of course, by March, I was completely on board and we launched with all the coverage and so on. And we were all part of that. We were all part of the isolation and the uh, quarantining and the protocol and so on. And we all took it seriously, obviously. But there was a point in time in February where I wasn't sure how serious is it going to end up being. But you caught it, David, right away. Well, this is the weird. I mean, uh, I'm a little like hyper focused i've had a thing for pandemics since i was like since i read the stand <laughs> by stephen thing. king when yeah. i was 11 years old right. no i've been fascinated by the bubonic plague mm-hmm. and like just different like great because i mean these things turn history yeah they are black swan events that come along you know once every few generations and just completely reset the clock on a whole bunch of things and mm-hmm. But, you know, and I re- anytime I had a story to do for any of the news magazines I've worked for about, you know, there'd be a story about pandemics or, you know, new, like, b- antibiotic-resistant bugs or right. flesh-eating bacteria, which <laughs> is my really favorite. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I, had a cousin, I, had a, I had a cousin who got flesh-eating bacteria, and I think oh it, ev- it eventually killed him. Do you know, was him. it, um, oh, was it uh, Vibrio venificus, or was it I'm um, not sure exactly necrotizing which... fasciitis? Uh, it it <laughs> might, uh, you know what, it I might, I want to say it was the second one, I'm not sure, but it was so necrotizing devastating to his body. Yeah. yeah, he eventually. It's horrible. Yeah, I think it eventually got him. I think it eventually killed him. Um, oh, but yeah, sorry. it was a terrible, terrible, uh, that was one of the scary afflictions from whatever it was, 10, 15, 20 years ago, was it? Um, but yeah. Oh, it's around. Yeah. And but, it's like, it's, it increases during like heated periods like now when things are a little bit too warm, like yeah. ponds and things start growing vibrio. Like mm-hmm. there were beaches in Florida that were closed all last summer because they had that kind of bacteria in the yeah. water. But, but anyway, but I've been writing about pandemics and studying them and reading about them. I really like firsthand accounts of how people survive these things and, mm-hmm. So I just, but everything, you know, everything you read, the last paragraph was always like, these things keep coming. We are overdue for a pandemic. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've been writing about it for 12 years and everyone's like, who could have predicted? And I'm like, well, I mean, hello, I did. We did, like climate scientists and bacteriologists and immunologists and epidemiologists all knew this was coming. Well, when I had a pandemic team in place And the fucking Trump administration dismantled it. Mm -hmm. Well, and along those lines, I was thinking uh, in terms of that period of time, in terms of February into early March of last year, and what the circumstances were with regard to the original virus. And I'm seeing a lot of similar warning signs coming up with regard to the Delta variant, which is even more infectious than the original uh, coronavirus. And so this is kind of uh, something that I'm not going to make the same mistake again about. This is going to be one of those things where I'm going to keep a very close eye. I'm taking both Kimberly and I are taking it's the Delta very, 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 very seriously. Yeah. It's out yeah. west mainly right now, but yeah. they're also saying that our, we're currently undercounting. What I'm reading from around the world indicates that um, 
the Pfizer vaccine is less effective against the Delta variant than the Moderna vaccine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not meaning, I'm, you know, people are going to say I'm spreading anti-vaccine propaganda. Or whatever, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually pro-vaccine. It's your it best fucking bet to defeating the uh, Delta variant as opposed to not being vaccinated, which is just, a you know, a free ticket to get infected with this thing. Well, and 99.2% of the people that are hospitalized and or dying from the disease right now, which is mainly the Delta variant mm-hmm. in this part of the planet, um, uh, 99.2% are unvaccinated. There's only 0.8% of people that are vaccinated that are even being hospitalized and yeah. even less dying from it. So I don't even want a mild get vaccinated. case of this, though, because yeah. even mild cases can leave people with like long-term brain fog. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that scares Dementia. me is the reduction in cerebral mass. Yes. Because that's like not good in the long term in terms of like memory storage and mental health i mean yeah uh, well plus yeah. i mean there you were talking about they, they got you coming and going uh in almost a <laughs> literal way because there's not only long-term dementia but then there's also this potential erectile of getting dysfunction. erectile dysfunction as a result yeah. of, of having this uh and that's so come on pretty over fucking 50 trump supporting men yeah if that doesn't make you want to get vaccinated for fuck's sake what does i mean you my concern to work yeah i mean yeah. my concern personally is while i have received both pfizer vaccines talked about it extensively here the fact is that I am not concerned about myself getting the Delta variant or one of the other variants. I'm concerned about getting the infection in me, not getting sick necessarily, and then passing along to someone else and getting right. them sick. But at the same time, I don't want to have any of these long-term side effects that are being reported. The dementia, as you were talking about, David. And uh, so that's I'm concerned about that for myself to an extent. But it's, you know, really, the vaccine is all about eliminating this kind of guesswork. Who's going to infect whom? Does this person have two vaccines or one vaccine? Or does this person, is this person unvaccinated or do they get it and they have the antibodies? All these permutations of uh, contact. Well, the vaccine eliminates so much of that concern. So everyone gets vaccinated, then there's much less concern. Then everyone's protected to an extent, right? In the United Kingdom, 97% of the cases by mid-June were caused by the Delta variant. Uh, According to the Wall Street Journal, almost half of the UK's recent COVID-19 deaths are people who have been vaccinated which is terrifying. The Delta variant, along with unvaccinated Americans, create a 9% uptick in new cases nationwide. 80% of new cases in four states, Missouri, Connecticut, Kansas, and Arkansas, are reportedly due to the Delta variant. 96% of Missouri's cases are Delta. Israel's health ministry uh, released a huge data dump this week with some startling numbers. The uh, Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine's efficacy against Delta seems to have dropped from 94%, this is according to Israel, 94% down to 64%, and the infection appears to be somewhat spreadable to people with two Pfizer vaccinations, given the fact that similar to the UK, Israel reported that half of its COVID cases, as opposed to COVID deaths, were among vaccinated people. And finally, uh, Japan has declared another state of emergency. This was the big news yesterday. There's another state of emergency for Tokyo, and this is a matter of days ahead of the Summer Olympics this month due to the Delta variant. This means that it's unlikely there are going to be live audiences for the Olympic events, including the opening ceremonies, which is a big audience participation kind of thing. Uh, more I, just, I can't believe this, uh, people carrying forward with shit right now. Yeah. When we still, I mean, I know everyone is desperate to go back to normal. Right. And, you know, I just... Well, uh, this is, I mean, again, I... 
I am very hesitant to question the science and the advice of uh, places like the World Health Organization and the CDC. By the way, the World Health Organization, much more conservative and much more uh, concerned uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the protocols that they're recommending. The World Health Organization is still recommending masks. Uh, CDC isn't necessarily. And uh, I, I wonder about the wisdom of that. I think maybe they shouldn't have been so... Uh, effusive with their permissions. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hate to say this, but the CDC is a political organization, not a scientific organization. Mm, yeah. The people who work there are political appointees and they they want to make everyone happy and they never want to get ahead of any bad news. Yeah. They want someone else to break the bad news first. So the CDC is going to be a beat behind on the research. I hate to say it. Yeah. Because they used to be the gold standard. But sometime in the last you know generation of leaders, they became a political organization and a PR firm, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's hard when you see the situations that come up uh, with the fact that there are so many people who are unvaccinated and the potential for vaccinated people transmitting the infection because they're, you know, it's just, again, there are all kinds of different scenarios where this comes up. And I feel like recommending continued mask usage in public spaces indoors where you're around a variety of other people is probably a good bet. But, you know, again, if the CDC recommends otherwise, it's very difficult to dispute that from any place of authority. It's like, well, the CDC says it's okay, so I guess it's okay. But no, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> Is it really? And, I mean, I want to have a live show and a dance party, like, just so bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I am hungering to get this band out in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. But I am not going to do it when there's a risk of it being some kind of spreader event. Yeah. I think what we need to do collectively with this Delta variant is we need to take it seriously. And I use my own misjudgment early on about uh, COVID as an example. Can't get fooled again, as uh, George W. Bush as said. George Bush, you guys, just this might make you feel a little bit better. A study by Public Health England yeah. found this month that Pfizer and, uh, and AstraZeneca vaccines were highly effective, 96 and 92 percent respectively, against hospitalizations from the Delta variant after two doses. And a study from Scotland published in The Lancet last month found that Pfizer provided 79% protection against all infections from the Delta variant compared mm -hmm. with well, 92... Well, actually, from Scotland, it's 79% <laughs> yes, exactly. all infections. And with 92% against the Alpha variant. So mm -hmm. the Israel study is apparently not that... I, maybe it's not enough outlier. people. It might not be enough people. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and so... To me, you combine them all and you probably have about 80% efficacy. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think it's also a matter of what your risk level actually is, you know, because a lot of these studies indicate disease and hospitalization as being like the threshold for, well, this is effective at preventing this. But at right. the same time, the other concern that we have, and this can also apply to people who are fully vaccinated, is what are we picking up and then transmitting? What are we carrying in terms of the infection that could affect, you know, for example, children? I mean, I think I, I forget exactly what the age threshold now, I think, is still 16, is it? No, it's 12. 12. So anyone 12. under 12 is unvaccinated. So the concern is you could be 
potentially transmitting the infection to younger people. And so, but I mean, again, the bottom line, and I'm sitting here and I'm hearing myself and I'm going, well, yeah, now I'm down this rabbit hole of this person can infect that person, or maybe they can't, or that is it hospitalization? Is it infections? It is transmitting it in your nose and accidentally giving it to someone. The vaccines should eliminate all of that guesswork. Because again, if we're all vaccinated, it's a level playing field. We know what we're going to get. We know what we're entering into when we step inside uh, a restaurant or we're stepping inside a grocery store or we're gathering with people. We know what we're going to get if everyone's vaccinated. But we don't know. It's a big roll of the dice if it's a mixture or if it's, you know, again, you want to eliminate all of that. And there's no chance of getting through to some of these people. And for example, I know we're running late, but it's worth mentioning that uh, Candace Owens posted today. And I, you know, I seldom talk about <laughs> Candace Owens because I think she's a world-class grifter. I think she is full of shit. But this is the kind of thing that she's putting out there. She tweeted last night, not one person in my family will ever touch the COVID-19 vaccine. That is the decision that we have made unabashedly as a family. Medical freedom. This is my favorite part of this tweet. Medical Medical freedom. freedom is an individual right that should never, in all caps, be infringed upon. And any person who thinks otherwise has no place in our government. So she's now pro-choice? Yes, she is, Jody. Candace gonna, Owens okay, is pro-choice. Honey, I'm going to come and smoke a cigarette in the room with your new baby. Yeah, that's the same thing. it's my medical freedom. That's right. That's exactly right. Medical freedom is an individual right that should never be infringed upon. Never. 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 No exceptions. Never. Talk to, talk to Texas and Mississippi. Yeah. And if you, I'm sure the people who are confronting her about this, she's going, well, I didn't say when it came to innocent unborn children. You know, that's unborn babies. That's what she would probably react with. Oh, so there are exceptions. So, you know, there can be also exceptions to things like hmm, Second Amendment, for example. Well, there are things that will infringe upon it, right? That's the <laughs> that's the loophole. Or is it? We'll just see how she, she'll be talking about the other side of her neck in six weeks when the whole family has the Delta variant, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's the problem. Is it's not just her and her family getting the Delta variant. It's her and her family not only getting the Delta variant, but then spreading it to other people. And then on top of that, these unvaccinated people are just variant factories, I mean, they're basically just creating new and tougher variants. So we are going to be stuck with this motherfucking pandemic for years. I think some of us were even predicting that based on the political climate, that there will be people because of politics who will not do this for the greater good. I mean, at the very least, you do it for your society. You do it so we can get back to some semblance of normalcy. Because I feel like I'm just going to get sick, period. I, I just I it's feel like, happening in Missouri. Oh, yeah. I feel like yeah. the escape hatch that we all launched through when we got vaccinated, when we all did the responsible thing, the grown up thing, you know, that escape hatch is like, oh, shit, we're we can do things now. But but that's still got an asterisk next to it. We can. It's starting to be pulled back a little bit because now we're seeing these Delta variants. We're seeing all of these other variants that are being created by the shirkers and refuseniks and anti-vaxxers. And it's all one and the same. Three different words meaning the same thing. And so we're not as free as we thought we might have been back when we were all getting vaccinated, right? We're constantly looking over our shoulder. 
Jody, you have to look around the corner with your mask on to make sure that an un, you know an anti-vax idiot doesn't bump into you and uh, you know create yeah, a scenario. Yeah, I mean, that I, it's you- like I don't. It's funny because it's like, well, if you're wearing a mask, is it because you aren't vaccinated, or are you wearing a mask because you are? Yeah. And all I think is is the people that I know in my neighborhood that were masked up and are no longer wearing masks is because they're vaccinated. Right. But people that I don't know, or you know, it's a big little neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I don't know everybody. Um, a lot of them and all, most of their pets, but not them. Um, and if I run it, if like today somebody jogged next to me and I was mm. like, whoa, hmm. you know, and not masked up and, yeah. you know, jogging, breathing heavily. So it's like, okay, I don't know whether or not he ever wore a mask. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the rub now. And, and California, we're, we're doing pretty well. Um, uh, 70, some, like 75% of us have at least one shot over the, the, the total population, mm-hmm. um, where it's 61% fully vaccinated for 12 and over, which is great. Um, my age group is 18 and over and we are over 60% vaccinated Yeah, people over 65. It's pushing 80% and I'm not going to unmask myself until we're at least 75 percent fully vaccinated yeah, that's very very smart and in fact we talked about this i think on this show right around the time the cdc changed its masking mm-hmm. guidance we said here's the problem with that people who are unvaccinated are going to see the guidance from the cdc and they're going to try to get away with unmasking yeah and that's the problem that's where this ends up spreading so it's the irresponsibility of not getting vaccinated and then there's another layer of irresponsibility insofar as the unvaccinated people will not wear masks because they see everyone else not wearing masks it's monkey see monkey do that's what i was saying throughout the entire fucking pandemic monkey see monkey do there is an influence that you have when everyone is masking you know, it's like the group mentality. It's peer pressure. We're all doing it, so you need to do it too. It's setting an example. That's why Joe Biden, in scenarios where he probably didn't need to wear a mask, still wore a mask because he wanted right. to set an example. This is mask wearing. This is why, you know, same with the vaccine. You set an example. You get the fucking vaccine. Even if you're completely safe otherwise, you still get the fucking vaccine. Because it's just a matter of monkey see, monkey do, sending the right message. And that's what so many people in this country are incapable of doing. And quite honestly, uh, they're marching their way into ERs now where many of those ERs are ill-equipped to to handle the glut of people. See also what's happening in Missouri and some other states. You know, and, and this is the kind of the warning sign. I'm seeing these warning signs from Japan and Missouri and Kansas and Arkansas. And, you know, the potential for disaster is real. The potential for a resurgence, another fucking thing where we got to isolate is real because these people cannot be fucking responsible. They've seen too many zombie apocalypse movies. Or says, oh, my God, well, I, you know, uh, if I get this vaccine, who knows? There could be a zombie. I could be turned into a zombie. Well, why, you, why is that? You've got the wrong side on that one. It is a fucking zombie apocalypse <laughs> movie. And the vaccine is to keep you from turning into one of them. That's exactly right. Jesus. Do the right thing. Do the grown-up thing. And this way, we don't have to sit here and guess. We don't have to look over our shoulders. We can seriously return to a level of normal that we haven't experienced since 2019. At least do that. You know, there are no, the chances of horrendous side effects from getting the virus far worse now based on the science than any possible nonsensical movie cinematic based side effect you get from the vaccine. It's just, it's not going to happen. 
It's not going to happen. These vaccines have been under uh, research and development for years preceding preceding the coronavirus uh, existence, the SARS-CoV-2. <sighs> God damn. God damn. This is why we can't have nice things, right? This right. is where uh, politics and the exploitation of politics for ratings and success, see also Fox News Channel, becomes a threat to society. This is where Donald Trump also becomes a threat to society. He set the table. It began a little over a year ago. Liberate Michigan. Liberate Virginia. Yep. Fuck the rules. I'm going to be uh, the pandemic Santa Claus. I'm going to let you do whatever the fuck you want. Go out and do it. And then remember me in November. Remember COVID Santa Claus in November. That was Donald Trump's strategy. It's a hoax, but I got the vaccine out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the vaccine that Donald Trump claims credit for, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm not going to get that the vaccine. Hoax, the, 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 yeah. the disease that doesn't exist. Oh, yes, that too. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, anyway, that's it. Uh, we're uh, going to be segueing over now to the post-mortem show on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Show. Join us, why don't you? We sometimes have even more fun on the post-mortem show than we actually do on uh, on this show. That, I, I know, I know. <laughs> so, uh, again, that's patreon.com slash Show. If you want to hear the uh, post-mortem show, sign up for five bucks a month. As I said on Tuesday, a bunch of people thought that we were done, that the show was just canceled last week and there would be no more shows. So we lost a bunch of people Aww. on Patreon. So please come back. Come back, Shane. Come back. Come back to the Patreon where all of us love each other and have a nice little community <laughs> of, of people who all think the same things and believe the same thing. So, yeah. Okay, that's it for the show. Have a good weekend. Love you guys. Yeah, love you too, man. And uh, we'll see you over in the post mortem show. I Take was care. Talking first. to the listeners. Okay. <laughs> I'm so self centered. <laughs> okay. Take care, folks. Bye bye. <laughs>